Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, March the 21st. In a moment, encouraging results from two phase three trials for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis. Before that, some other highlights from this week's issue dated March the 22nd to the 28th. In research, strong evidence that chemotherapy given before and after surgery is more effective than surgery alone for removing secondary liver tumours associated with colorectal cancer. Our lead editorial discusses geriatric medicine, a very important but unfashionable discipline that needs reinvigorating, especially as the elderly population is rapidly expanding in most parts of the world. Emerging technologies suggest that drugs targeting the genetic defects of leukemic cells could revolutionise the treatment of acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and the development of new drugs has helped treat chronic lymphoblastic leukemia, the bottom line of two leukemia seminars in this week's issue. But back to our main feature this week, a potentially new approach for treating rheumatoid arthritis by blocking interleukin-6. Earlier, I spoke to Professor Joseph Smolen from the Medical University of Vienna in Austria, and I began by asking him to outline the main biological mechanisms that lie behind rheumatoid arthritis. There are several factors that contribute to rheumatoid arthritis. Number one, there is a predisposition of individuals, a genetic predisposition. Number two, there is a so-called autoimmune component, in other words, the body's defense system reacts against its own structures. That's why this disease is also characterized by the presence of so-called autoantibodies, such as rheumatoid factor, which is one of those autoantibodies. Three, we know that the number of cells of the defense system, of the immune system, are activated in the final pathways to the disease, secrete messenger molecules, so-called cytokines, such as tumor necrosis factor or interleukin-6. It is all these parts of the evolution of the disease that we aim to target with current therapies. We have therapies that target the activation of lymphocytes, so-called T-lymphocytes, we have agents that target the B lymphocyte, which is the cell population that produces the autoantibodies. And we have agents that target these messenger molecules that I was speaking about, primarily TNF, as we now show also interleukin-6. Can you just explain in a little bit more detail what exactly interleukin-6 is? I'm, from my lay perspective, I see this as like a pro-inflammatory cytokine, which is involved in this process behind rheumatoid arthritis. Interleukin-6 is a pro-inflammatory cytokine. It has originally been described many decades ago as a B-lymphocyte growth factor, but it turned out that it has many, many activities. Among these activities are activation of liver cells, hepatocytes, and these liver cells then secrete so-called acute phase proteins, such as C-reactive protein, which we measure in serum to have a surrogate of the inflammatory response of the body. This cytokine also can contribute to the activation of so-called osteoclasts, those cells that destroy bone and rheumatoid arthritis 
has one major characteristic, and that is joint damage, cartilage, and bone destruction. So IL-6 also contributes to that. And it has many, many other activities in the context of the inflammatory system. So by targeting interleukin-6, we can target all these activities we see as one of the effects a reduction in C-reactive protein, but we would also expect a reduction in signs and symptoms of an inflammatory disease, in this case rheumatoid arthritis, and also a reduction in the propensity to destroy the joint. Moving on to the current study, Dr. Smolin, can you just comment on the methodology here? I'm particularly interested, obviously, in the way patients were recruited. This is an international study crossing many medical centers and many countries. What treatments or existing treatments were allowed to be continued as well as the study treatment in this case? Can you just comment on that? We took adult patients with moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis, diagnosed according to specific criteria. These individuals had to have rheumatoid arthritis for at least six month duration. They were to have an inadequate response to the major synthetic disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drug, methotrexate. What we mean by inadequate response is that they would have active disease, six or more swollen and eight or more tender joints, despite therapy with methotrexate. The patients were allowed to continue the pre-study dose of methotrexate and receive either placebo infusions on top of it or tocilizumab at 8 milligrams per kilogram or 4 milligrams per kilogram as infusion every four weeks, six times. And four weeks after the last infusion, at week 24, we evaluated the primary endpoint. Can you just describe the intervention therapy here, tocilizumab? What kind of intervention is it? Tocilizumab is a monoclonal antibody to the receptor for IL-6. The IL-6 receptor can occur in a soluble form as well as in a membrane-bound form. And it's interesting that in contrast to several other cytokines or most other cytokines, the receptor that binds the cytokine, in this case IL-6, does not transduce signaling itself. It needs an additional molecule, GP130. And it can activate that molecule either after engagement of uh, IL-6 with the membrane-bound IL-6 receptor or even only after engagement of IL-6 with the soluble IL-6 receptor because that IL-6, soluble IL-6 receptor complex can also bind to GP130 and activate the cell system. Tocilizumab reacts with both the membrane bound as well as the soluble IL-6 receptor and thus interferes with the activation of any cell that carries GP130 and inhibits the inflammatory effects that occur in the context of such activation. And in terms of the results of the study, some interesting results here. Can you just briefly summarize these. And I'm also interested in terms of how it is possible to measure, if you like, improvements in rheumatoid arthritis symptoms, the various scales that are used to do that. Rheumatoid arthritis has many signs and symptoms. Patients suffer from pain. Patients suffer from joint swelling. Patients suffer from joint tenderness. Patients suffer from disability. All these signs and symptoms of the disease can be measured in one way or another. Several of them, such as pain, for example, is measured by so-called visual analog scales, 
where you have uh, a 100 millimeter line. To the left, there is no pain at all. To the right is the worst pain that one can imagine, excruciating pain, and the patient then indicates with a line where the pain level is today. The same can be done for the global assessment of the disease activity by the patient or by the physician. One of those ways to measure improvement is the so-called ACR response, and we know from previous studies that 20% improvement according to these ACR criteria, differentiates an active medication from placebo best. That score is assessed by evaluating swollen and tender joint joint counts. You need to have 20%, at least, at least 20% improvement of tender and swollen joints, and then 20% improvement in three out of the other so-called corset variables, which are pain, uh, by VAS, as mentioned before, patient and physician global, uh, which is a CRP or ESR level, so an, an, a laboratory indicator of inflammation, and physical disability, which can also be measured by the so-called health assessment questionnaire. So if the first two items and three of the next five items improve by 20% or more, one is an SCR20 responder. There is also other composite scores, such as the disease activity score. We also use that that gives you a formula and gives you a very general indication of disease activity, whereas the ACR response always starts with the baseline because you need an improvement from baseline. The disease activity score gives you a very general level of disease activity, which you can compare between and within patients, between groups, and so on. So the ACR20 response as the primary endpoint was achieved by 59% of the patients in the 8 milligrams per kilogram group compared to 26% of the patients on placebo. Everything with continuing methotrexate. The lower dose of tocilizumab gave 48% ACR20 responses. One can then go on and say, what about an ACR50, a 50% and more response or a 70% and more response? And the 50% response was attained by 44% of the patients in the tocilizumab 8 milligrams per kilogram group compared to 11% on placebo. And when we go to the very profound ACR 70% response, then it was achieved by 22% of the patients in the 8 milligrams per kilogram group, 12% in the 4 milligrams per kilogram group, but only 2% in the placebo group. With the disease activity score, we can also measure a type of remission, a near remission, uh, a very, very low disease activity state, and that was achieved uh, by 27% of the patients in the tocilizumab 8 milligrams per, per kilogram group, 13% at 4 milligrams per kilogram, and only 1% on placebo. The results are very clear, but it begs an obvious question. Given that this is a phase three trial, these are the results of an international phase three trial, what happens now? Is there a change in clinical practice now, or do these results need further follow-up? These results need further follow-up for a number of reasons. Number one, it is the first of several phase three clinical trials. Usually one needs several clinical trials in phase three to be absolutely sure. Now, given the phase two data, this is reassuring because uh, it confirms the phase two data. More patients need to be uh, treated in such clinical trials. Number two, we also want to know the effect of tocilizumab on radiographic progression in a phase three trial, and that is pending. 
And number three, we need uh, additional observation, longer-term observational data with respect to the safety. Having said that, that study had obviously an extension phase. It is possible that uh, the compound, if it passes through all regulatory authority queries, may become available in, in Europe uh, somewhere early next year. That then will give rheumatologists and patients with rheumatoid arthritis a new option to treat the disease. Dr. Smolin on the line from Austria, many thanks for talking to The Lancet. Thank you very much. Also this week, we publish a smaller phase 3 trial from Japan showing how tocilizumab could be effective in children and young adults. And look out for the link comment which discusses the implications of these two important trials. Well, that concludes this week's podcast for the issue of The Lancet dated March the 22nd to the 28th. Many thanks for listening. See you next week.